0: Episode 384 after the whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Happy New Year. Probably the most obvious way to open a show. Happy New Year, Craig. Happy New Year to everybody listening. What what a recharge. What a
1: recharge. Um feeling good. I hope everybody um hope everybody enjoyed uh their their holidays and uh their
0: their new year it's a new year 2024 what's the cutoff date for saying happy new year i don't know what do you mean well when do we when do we stop when when do you
1: stop saying happy new year i don't know maybe after a week i guess uh
0: a week yeah a week
1: well you may you may not have seen certain people friends or 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 what not Uh, and, uh, you know, listen, I mean, it's a new year. It's a, it's a fresh start and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's over. I
0: think you should be done by the second.
1: I didn't even stay up for the ball drop. I just did not care whatsoever. (laughs) was in the wrapper at 11 o'clock, um, got woken up, uh, at about, uh, you know, 12 o'clock. To fireworks and 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 whatnot fell right back asleep didn't give a crap did you watch any
0: of the winter classic yesterday no (laughs) yeah me neither
1: i hate listen i mean i I think the the winter winter classic classic. is a joke um it it was super so so obviously the people that are listening i was a part of the first ever we, okay, outdoor game. Okay, we all game. know this. Don't it was the Heritage me. Classic. Don't that was back me. in what? Two
0: thousand three.
1: Yes. Okay. okay. So twenty-one years later,
0: we're
1: we're still dragging on. Now, I I would like to know how much money it actually makes for the NHL, and I know that there's probably a lot of people out there that really love the idea of, of the Winter Classics. For me, who played in the first outdoor game in the NHL, um, I have completely lost the lure, the love to watch that game. Um, I don't know. obviously
0: you didn't play in the first Winter Classic. You played in the Heritage Classic. It's a little bit different. Same but different, just saying different. Well, names. what's the difference? I don't know the name, means nothing.
1: The <laughs> yeah. Heritage Classic, the Winter Classic. So, um, yeah, the Heritage so. Classic was the first outdoor game between Edmonton Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens, and it was something that I'll never forget. It okay, was so.
0: an incredible day. Okay, so my other New Year's thought, New Year's Eve, was fire Seth Appert. <laughs> Oh man, you know, like you you squeak one out against Columbus, and then you get shit kicked against Ottawa. I'm sorry, Seth. Yeah. Step into my office. You're fired. Well, what are your thoughts of of them bringing him up to begin with? Um, I saw what you put out there, and I I've given. i have actually I'm actually glad we've had some time to let this kind of marinate. Because. Yeah. I wonder I don't know is that a position you want to put Matt Ellison? I mean he's kind of been taking a, uh some heat. So for why the power play well why? Marty Wilford, you know Christie, I, I don't know if he wants to be put in that spotlight. Listen, I don't know they're all doing it together. You okay. Think, do you think Whether it's, real, it's that interesting of a move? I think it's ridiculous.
1: I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It goes to show it is a huge slap in the face to the three assistant coaches that stand on the bench every single day. Now you can sit there and you can throw a shit sandwich at Matt Ellis. Oh, he's the reason why the power play stinks to high hell. That is, what are they, 29th in the league or 28th in the league? But was he getting the praise last year when they were like third in the league? I don't think Did Matt was. Ellis last year get any praise at all when the team finished the entire season and scored the fourth most goals in the league? Did he get any praise? No, it's easy to shit on people. It's easy to shit on Matt Ellis because the power play stinks. It's easy to shit on Marty Wilford because the penalty kill stinks. But we're talking about guys that have been coaching for many years and that are standing on the bench that have the pulse of the team Okay, and you have your coach go down. You can't tell me that you can't put one of those guys in charge to to write the ship for what two weeks that that Don Granato is going to be out that you have to bring up Seth Appert. Is that how long he's going to be out? I'm, I'm no, I'm hypothetically like he's sick, and I hope that I hope that Don. Um, can get back to, to feeling better and, uh, it, it, it,
0: hold on. Is it serious? I, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I just serious. I, I have no idea what, what it is. Well, I know a few years ago he was in the hospital for quite a long time with pneumonia. Yeah. And, and now
1: I would hope that, um, you know, he takes some time off to
0: recharge, to get healthy. The point yeah, if, is, correct, but if he's running is, a fever of 102 and and he was throwing up for a couple of days, I mean, we're not he's not away for for he he should be back. Is he not back? what, what what's the latest standing here? They don't listen. play until today's Tuesday. They don't play until Thursday. Okay. So is, my point is,
1: whether he's out, he could be out for 2 weeks. Let's just say 2 weeks hypothetically. Give him 14 days to, to recover, to get back fully, to be, to, to get himself healthy. Okay. That's the most important thing, but you can't tell me that those three guys on like, what, what is Jason Christie doing? What is Matt Ellis doing? You can't tell me that those guys cannot take a hold. There's three of them can't take, they can't take control of this team that you have to bring up Seth Appert. It's it for me, if I was an assistant standing on that bench, I'd be furious. And they made a, they made a, some, some excuse that, you know, they, they wanted the coaches to take care of their, you know, their meetings throughout the day and not bullshit that means that is such a joke such a cop-out. it's not like seth appert and the miners sitting there tearing it up i'm just it was it was so an wait, interesting so
0: move okay so you let's let's break it down do we know have we heard or seen anything i have not on how it went down has kevin adams spoken about how it went down did seth appert reference how it went down or any anything that that he was coming up because if not let's break down the scenarios how would kevin kevin adams have handled this would he have spoken to the other assistant coaches first or would he have just gone and made the decision on his own like i can't i can't comment on this and say it's a terrible idea if i don't know that maybe he sat down with the three coaches and they were like, guys, here are the options. One of you can take the reins or I can call Seth Appert up to run the bench. If you guys aren't as comfortable with it or whatever. How are you not comfortable with it? How, how, how can, I don't, I don't know. How can you Correct, not right? you be sat comfortable? Here. I have, I it. have sat here and said, I feel like I could coach this team. And you're like, no, you couldn't. No, you couldn't because you know, you, you know, uh, you know, lines and, you know, combinations and the flow of the game and making changes and, you know, adjustments within the game, you know, and all that stuff. It's it, These are all things that you need to, that a coach needs to have a feel for. And there's a lot more than just that. So I don't know, maybe they didn't want the responsibility. Maybe, maybe there's a lane they just want to stay in. I don't know for many reasons I can agree with you for, or see why I would agree with you but I don't know how this happens so I mean I can't sit here and say it's a ridiculous idea if if the 3 assist- assistant coaches were like I don't I don't want to do it although although I think the one that I would have liked to have seen do it would would have been Marty Wilford I would have loved to have seen Marty Wilford take the reins I think I think the guys love Marty I'm not saying they don't love the other guys but I think the guys love Marty and I think he's been around coaching longer than the other guys at a higher level. Spent a lot of time in the American League on the bench. I mean, like, yes, Ellie's an NHL player and everything, but he's only been assistant coaching for a couple of years on the bench. So I guess if there was one guy that I would have liked to have seen, if there was an opportunity given, I think it should have been to Marty Wilford. Jason Christie's coached a long time. He's been a
1: head coach. I know his East Coast Hockey League, but he's been coaching. Like, I, 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 for me, for me, and it's just my, my thought, I, I would have been irritated with the, with the thought of Sep Apert coming up to coach that team. I would have been irritated if I was one of the assistant coaches because I'd be like, and he's maybe not in were. our circle of trust.
0: Yeah, maybe The and circle maybe of were.
1: trust is the four
0: guys that are on that bench each and every game. Maybe okay? Kevin Adams, maybe it was an audition. Maybe it was an opportunity for Kevin to have an audition for Don Granado. There's the other side of it too. Possible, right? Which, if that's the case, I think that's bullshit. If that is the case, which I'm not suggesting that it is, but if that were the case in yeah. his own head, I would say I think that's bullshit.
1: Yeah. I know it doesn't happen very often. I, I can't remember really, you know, you can, I can't remember the last time you've, you call up an American league hockey coach to coach the NHL team. Never heard of it. I've never heard of Never this heard of it. So why, why are we always getting these, these, uh, situations here, here in Buffalo? Just makes us, just makes us more Mickey Mouse than what we, we are already. These decisions are, are 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 they? They just make you scratch your head and go, "What?" Let me ask you. Let me ask you this question, because you're you're talking about Marty Wilford, who who's coached uh, uh, in the NHL before for Buffalo. I think he was in an- Anaheim, was he not? As an assistant yes, coach, and and Christie has coached for a number of years, and Matt Ellis had had an had a great long career got into um he he is clearly one of the best um uh skill development guys out there got an opportunity to become a uh, an assistant coach he's on the bench so you have these three guys that are on the bench kevin adams makes by the decision.
0: way can i just add to that just hold just on quickly. hold on
1: before because i don't want to lose this train right. of thought okay yeah Kevin Adams makes a decision to bring up Marty Wolf or uh, bring up Seth Afford because he clearly feels that the other guys are trying to stay in their lane and do the meetings that they have to do and only worry about their jobs. I have a question for you. If Mike Pekka was on the bench, if Mike Pekka was on the bench in this situation right now, would Seth Appard be called up?
0: Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? I just, I just
1: want to... Why are you I, doing Again, this? I, I shake my head, and it makes me irritated with how many shitty decisions that, that this team has made over the course of one year. To allow Mike Pekka to walk out this door, and I don't want to sit here and go, well, you know, like, they offer him a position, but he... He he didn't want to be the eye in the sky. He wants to be on the bench. They didn't offer a bench position. They didn't offer him an assistant coaching position on the bench.
0: Head uh, scratching. You don't need to go any further. I, I I you already know how I feel about this. Now, granted, there was an article that I posted from our show account. Just it was in the New York Times, and it was just talking about Pekka's options and how much he's helped the Rangers and how there was even reference in the article about the idea of the Sabres bringing him back as the head coach if they choose to move on from Don Granado at the end of the year. So, listen, I mean, right now, I could put together a nice little a nice little coaching staff. And, and the thing I wanted to say just about Matty Ellis, and I'm not trying to fluff up anything I've said in the past. I stand by what I said about the power play thing, but I never once said he doesn't belong on an NHL bench or coaching players in the NHL. Yeah. Because I think you touched on it very well. I think from a player development standpoint, I think the Sabres are very lucky to have him. 100%. But it's it's just the power. It was the Everybody power
1: wants to fire him. Yeah, everybody wants to the, fire him. And I and I sit there once, and I'm like
0: never once thought that he should be fired or removed from his position. It just was talking about the power play. It just said Matty Ellis shouldn't be running the power play. That's all I said. That's it. That's all. I know, I said. but should he have gotten a signing bonus last year? Who? Matt Ellis. A, oh a bonus.
1: Yeah. Probably. Should probably. should he have got a fucking million dollar bonus because the, the team was a
0: top five in power play. Well, Did hold he, on a second. How come how come he wasn't getting credit last year for the power play? Because they were they were doing so well. Well, okay, but how but how come he wasn't getting credit for? It? How come Donnie wasn't like Matt Ellis is doing a great job? I never heard Don Granado say that once. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had I had no fucking idea that Matt Ellis was running the power play last year. None. It was running so well. I assumed it was
1: I think I, they I, all I, have a bit of a voice. I think they do this by committee. I don't think that they're just sitting there looking at so, uh, this is fine. my but, individual, and this is the only thing I think they're talking all the time amongst each other to try and figure out what is the best way of
0: moving forward. And I think I, they do that every God, day. Thought Donnie Granado was running the power play last year,
1: yeah, sure. So, why wouldn't he be running it this year, then, Petey?
0: You have yeah, you have a, uh, Greg, a I just learned that, that he wasn't. I just well. learned that he wasn't when. The power play was struggling i remember i asked someone who's running the power play and they said matt ellis i was like was he running it last year so why he wasn't getting credit is uh maybe because they probably didn't want him to ask for more money i don't know but that was bullshit too so i apologize for that because i had no idea it was running so so cleanly i just thought they're doing it by committee down there. Donnie Granado's got a good thing going. I mean, I don't know. Like at what point you 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 pretty much have the same guys on the power play? And then and then the other day, hold on a second, the other day someone tweeted out or a, a news report came out that Granado's now going to be helping out with the power play. He's been helping out with the fucking power play the whole time. Obviously, he's not going to sit there and have a 29th, 28th ranked power play and not give opinion. So it's like now he's just going to start putting his name on it? I don't know, man. You know what? I don't know. Fuck. This seems like a lot of, I don't know. Maybe everybody is, I don't know. I don't necessarily love the vibe I'm feeling. Well, do you like the vibe with the team? Uh. Not no no. I mean, and it's not a personal vibe that I feel. It's simply, it's just not the right makeup of players. And uh, honest to God, um, what do you mean? Someone someone What do you mean, the, do you mean the right they, makeup of players? you know what I mean by the right makeup of fucking players. And, and it goes back to the same conversation we've had since we started. Don't get the angry. It's a show. new year. Until the hockey department is bolstered around here, I don't trust the decisions that are made. Eric Robinson was amazing the first few games.
1: Was he amazing? But, like, honestly, know. can we <laughs> fucking sit here and say that Eric Robinson was well, amazing? We, we, we Are did. you shitting me right now? You know? You kidding me right now? We have the worst team in the East. Columbus Blue Jackets. He couldn't even play on their team. He was in the minors. We're going to sit here and say that that was just an incredible move by Kevin Adams. Give your head a shake. He's oh, a love, goddamn band aid that is, that is, you know, there's so many wounds on this team. There's so many issues on this team. No one's going to sit here and deny. In people that are even not in Saberland. People that are not even fans of this team. There's people on the outside, people from Anaheim, people from Colorado, people from New Jersey, wherever you're from. People know, if you know hockey, that the Sabres have an extremely incredible young group of players that are very talented. Not only players that are on the current team, which is the youngest team in the league, they have other players that are not in this league. Savoy, Coolidge, like there is a number of, of, of prospects. No one's denying that the, that the, you know, the depth chart in, in Saberland is incredible. The future looks bright. But at what point in time as a GM, as an organization, do you sit and look at where you can get better, stronger? At what point in time when you acquire all of these players, Isaac Rosen, Coolidge, all these players that aren't in the NHL, at what point in time do you make a a trade to make your team better? I'm going to, I'll go back to it. We're sitting here. We have no identity. We have no toughness. We have no grit. So those, those three things, Petey, we have been talking about this since 2015. They still have no identity. They still have no grit and no toughness. Does that mean fighting people? It does not mean fighting. It means guys that are gritty on pucks, that are relentless in their pursuit to win battles, and they do it in a physical, strong way. It's the same conversation. No no offense. They they have a terrible defensive system. I mean, terrible defensive system. Everybody is sitting there. I read all of this stuff about um, Owen Power. People are beside themselves. Go on Twitter, like he, the kid's getting roasted.
0: Apparently, Darlene's been. Apparently, dollen has been worse.
1: Listen, Power. I mean, Darlene. Darlene is in a position that he's doing too much. He cares. I know he cares. I know they care, but they're playing. Out of their element because they're trying to do too much. I have never seen a team that struggles defensively. I I cannot believe how how they don't they put no um, care into their defensive play. They want to play shinny hockey. They want to run and gun, and they want to try and outscore you. It. Does not work. It does not work. If you do not have players that want to play a defensive, strong system, then you are going to lose a ton of games. The Sabres defensive system sucks to high hell. They have guys like Owen Power. I said this about him last year. He's not a defenseman. I don't want, don't ever sit there and go on hockey db or go on uh you know tsn or go on the nhl network and then look him up and then have a db he's a rover he doesn't play defense he's fucking literally all over the place there is no structure in his system they the, are saying just go and go and play just go and do what the hell you want the sabers there's, there's
0: craig the sabers are in trouble here
1: no accountability Don Granado three weeks, was asked about accountability. He's like, we've got accountability in that locker room. No, you don't. No, you don't, Don. Because you have the same players. Otto, was going to the pa- same... Otto is going
0: to pass them. Otto is going to pass them because they've got six games less. So they're going to pass them. Let's just. So then they are then they're have the same amount of games as Columbus. And they're Anaheim. two points ahead of them. So they're Anaheim. Oh, my God, they're in the mix for, like, the bottom four teams in the league.
1: You have a GM that did not make very, very, very important decisions in the offseason. And you have a product on the ice that is failing because of it. I'm I'll say this again. They did not go and pick up a number one goaltender to give Levi a couple years to be a backup. We're thinking that an NH, we're thinking that a college kid who's 5'11", six feet tall, is gonna come in here and 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 take over a number one spot. It failed. He has so much pressure on him. This kid has so much pressure right now.
0: What and year? it shouldn't hey, happen. I have a question. What year did the Philadelphia Flyers tank? I'm mistaken. Am I missing something? What year did they tank? They didn't. Did they- they didn't get a number one overall pick at all recently. I oh, don't no. think no, I didn't think so, Craig. I didn't think so. It was a joke. They picked five. Yeah, they picked five. And his name is
1: Cutter Goche.
0: Yeah, you know, who, a who six foot, foot have, two,
1: 205 pound centerman who it's insane that this kid is not playing in the NHL because he's a splitting image of a uh Adam Fantilli type player. He's big, he's fast, he's strong, he can score. He is an insanely insanely good hockey player. So why is he not playing for Philadelphia right now?
0: He's 19 years old. Why is he not playing for Philadelphia? They have right a bunch now? of veteran players too. They don't have oh. room for him. Oh. They also have this guy Bonk. They also have that Russian kid they drafted. Yes. Mitchkoff, who literally,
1: I'm not kidding you when I say this, and you're gonna remember this, that Mitchkoff is a very special player. He was in the running for the number one overall pick with Connor Bedard. Okay. This kid is special. Why is he not here in North America? I think it has to do with him having um two more years left on his contract in rush in the Russian league, which he has to play he's, those he's years.
0: 19, he has, uh, he's played 31 games. He has 12 goals, 16 assists in the KHL. He has 28 points. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. That is, inc- those are incredible numbers for 19 years old. Yeah. Cutter Goche.
1: like I said before, six foot two, he's both 205 pounds plus. And you ask yourself, why is he not in the NHL? Why is he not in the NHL? Why does that? Why Zach Benson? I said they're too busy. They're too busy
0: letting him shred college right now, where he's got 17 games, 13 goals, 10 assists at Boston College. Because there's no rush. There's no
1: rush. You have to have veteran leaders and you have to have a young core. And in Philadelphia, which is mind-blowing to me how well they're playing under uh, John Tortorella, who is, you talk about the word accountability. Holy shit, man. Accountability is in that locker room. Everything that you do to be a true professional is in that locker room in Philadelphia. But I sit here and I go back to, you know, we don't get a goaltender in the offseason. We bring in Devin Levi. Love yeah, Devin know, Levi. We, don't we get heard, me wrong. Oh,
0: the well, shit, I man. Like we're still, we're to, still not... we're
1: still we're still watching Henry Okiharyu. We're still watching all these guys that are in this roster that is a head scratcher. Okay? Like, I have never seen a softer defense core. Like, yes. I don't like you go and watch Connor Clifton. Everyone's not very happy with him making three point three million. Let me tell you something. Kid plays gritty. Kid plays gritty. I know why he was in Boston all those years. I know why Boston loved him for all those years as their sixth defenseman on that team. He plays
0: a strong, physical brand of hockey. He's a solid. Yeah, you know what? You know what player. sucks though. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's tough. What's a tough beat for him? It's not his fault. But he leaves and goes in silence for three point three. I'm sure Boston probably offered him a deal, but he leaves and now Boston doesn't. How miss much a do beat. you think he was worth? Million five. Come on. Two million. Two million. Okay, two million. Two
1: million, maybe two and a half. Maybe Boston was willing to. to actually, I don't even think Boston was willing to pay him two and a half because they have a salary cap. They're they're going to bring in. Uh, someone else who's making far less than
0: than two and a half million dollars. Yeah they can... have this they have a guy by the name of uh you ever heard of this guy uh Mason Lowray? How much does he make? How much does he make? You tell me how much he makes. Nine hundred. Drafted in twenty twenty, second rounder. He's played twenty games in the NHL. He's 6'5", 211. eleven. Twenty two years old. 22 years old. Probably making $850, $750, yeah.
1: $800. And they pay Kevin Shattenkirk a million bucks. A million dollars, Kevin Shattenkirk. So they, they they could get rid of or not re-sign a guy like Connor Clifton. They didn't have to pay him. But Buffalo Sabres, Kevin Adams, I understand why Kevin Adams went out and got Connor Clifton. He went and got a player that has been in a winning environment Yes. for in a very long time, and that and adds that, value.
0: Well, that's there's value to that. Mine's I will give you that, and t- well, in terms of salary value too. I mean, uh, you know, if you got to pay a guy like that to a little more, right? I'm just trying to justify the what's, what's he making three point three? Like I,
1: I don't even have a problem with Eric Johnson. I know why they brought Eric Johnson in. For 3.25 on a one year deal. He's 35 years old. It's about building an environment. Okay. This is a a very um respected defenseman, very respected person in hockey. He's won a Stanley Cup.
0: Okay. He's, think he's feeling about the decision.
1: On what? That he's not playing? On coming here. I think he, I, I think he would realize that you know environment and wh- how you build the environment. I mean, I, he's he's dealing with kids. He's thirty five years old. You have Rasmus Dahlin that feels. I feel like he's been in the league for fifteen years, but he's only twenty three years old. Samuelson's
0: twenty three. Does Eric Johnson, Johnson? Does Eric Johnson 22. get traded at the deadline? I would
1: think, I would think absolutely. I would think absolutely. You know, what do you do with Ryan Johnson? 22 years old, first year in the league.
0: Do you see him being a. I'd play him every single game. Okay. I play him every single game. I don't see any reason why you would take him out of the lineup because if you're going to lose and you want players and you want to have the youngest team in the league, what's one more? Teams never give away information on injuries, upper body, lower body, that's it. But the attorneys at Salino Law have a lot to say about dealing with injuries. If you're in a car crash and you have been injured, call Salino 800-555-5555.
1: Who doesn't love a great pre-game meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special. Available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three course prime rib dinner special, 50 bucks a person at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. I just asked about the makeup of the Defense Corps. I'm asking about, I'm trying to figure out here. You know, the goaltending is one thing like you have. You, you, they finally got rid of of their three goaltending rotation, which is absolutely ludicrous. But they finally got rid of that. And now you have. Ukapeka who has been. OK. And you have Devin Levi, who's rookie. <laughs> I'm just like, it's such a failure when you're looking at those two as your goaltenders. And if you think that you want, if you want to make the playoffs and be competitive, that's not, the, that's not the recipe for success. They're, 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 they're think, their defense core right said, now. You just said, tell me, you just said, you just said Edie,
0: tell me how soft their defense core is. You just said playoffs. Petey, tell me how soft their defense core is. Do you actually believe that playoffs are even remotely attainable. I was talking about playoffs now. I'm talking about playoffs before the season started.
1: You make decisions to make your team better, to put the right players I was just changing in the, the right
0: conversation. Well, the
1: the, the conversation got... is when you look at the defense core and you and you're you're clearly one of the softest defense cores. Like Owen Power, are we expecting Owen Power to change his game and all of a sudden be super physical? No, he's not that type of player. He's a, he's a very smooth puck moving
0: type guy. But I'm talking, I'm he'll never be that way. Either I, I, I don't, don't at least at least Darlene. Darlene is the toughest. player on the entire team checks. He might have gotten burned. He might have made mistakes. He might have been out of position, and yep. and he still has moments. But the fact of the matter is that he's always played with an edge. Damn right. So you've never had to question that from him. So
1: you watched the other night, right? Games 4-1. And you have Brady Kachuk go and maul, literally maul our best player. I've said, do you remember I said this last year and I said this, Petey, the year before that and the year before that, I'm watching Darlene, I'm watching other teams take liberties with our best players, right? I've said this so many times. It makes me, I, I get so angry because if I was playing with Darlene, man, I would do anything for this kid. He is a the true professional that I would want to play beside and play for. I would want to protect him with my life. I would want him to be so comfortable that he's got, that he knows that the team has his back. And when you see Brady Kachuk go and maul our best player, our franchise player, and just disrespect him. That is what bothers me more than a five one loss. That bothers me. said this for years. there's makeup of of teams you have to I'm watching Kyla Poso Kyla Poso plays as one of the toughest players on this team. he knows that what the team lacks and I'm watching that that, that Kostlik, Kid's yep. six foot five, two hundred and what fifteen pounds? Drop his gloves with Kyle Poso? Our thirty five year old captain. It it boils it boils deep down inside me that these things are not addressed. There is
0: there they're is a going, game. they're not going to be addressed. I they're, know that, but that's but the problem I'm not with even our hockey this team. Year. The
1: problem with our hockey team, man, I'm watching the game. I'm watching Ottawa. Okay. Holy shit, man. I have, it's such a snooze fest. We are so boring to watch. There's no energy. There is no energy on our bench. The the players look like they're trying to find it. They're trying, they care for each other. I know they do, but there's no energy. There's no spark. There's no anger. There's no pushback. There's no like, holy shit. If you're going to rip the head off our best player in Darlene, I'm going to tell you right now, their top players should have their eyeballs pushed to the back of their head.
0: Talking to the wrong group.
1: Well, find the goddamn guys that can do this, that can make our team better. Everybody's like, well, we're going to, we're not going to be as skilled. Fuck. Right now, watching our top players skate around, half of them are terrified because there's no team toughness. There's no guys that want to bring an edge to the game.
0: Next sit game. There, talk,
1: we, we sit there, we talk about bringing in er, er, Eric Robinson. You love him. Oh, he's great, great pickup. I, right away when we picked him up, I was like, this isn't the guy. It's not the guy. Not the guy we need. Go look at Eric Robinson's penalty minutes. He's had fucking 30 is the most penalty minutes he's had in his career in the last 10 years. I don't need a guy like, oh he skates fast and he's a good penalty killer. No, we need an energy guy. Energy guys are guys that play fast, tough, physical. They make other players on other teams feel a little bit uncomfortable. And then when push comes to shove, they're ready to drop the gloves and go to battle in, in in a drop of a hat. And we don't have anybody like that. Got Zemgis Gergensen that gets slashed four times, literally two-handed four times. He's just like sitting there, you know, gets in a little bit of a scrum. How the hell are your gloves are not off trying to rip a guy's face off is beyond me. There, there, We do not have players. There's no energy
0: there's no spunk. There's no drive. Does the general manager not go down and lose his shit on that? Like, what? Okay.
1: The fuck, so let man. me, let me ask you this. Are you going to, yeah, what? Are you going to, are you going to, so when you go down there, are you going to lose your shit on Jeff Skinner for, for not, Showing something. Are you going to lose your shit on JJ Paterka? Are you going to lose your shit on Jack Quinn? Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson paid $7 million. He's our best player. But Tage is trying to find his way. But it just seems like he's in quicksand because it's like there's no spunk and drive. And Tage sitting on the bench watching somebody off his team go out and smash some guy's face in. Tage's blood will go to another level and it ignites guys on the bench. You see that you're you you see guys in your team sticking up each other and the grive and grind. And all of a sudden you got some player from the other team drive the front of the net, snow, the, you know, snow, the front of the net a little bit. And then you got a defenseman that has a set of balls that gives a frigging cross check and goes, no, 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 you're not going to do that here, buddy. And then there's a big shit show, maybe a fight because now you're showing that you will dominate in front of your net. You will not have players come into the front of your net. listen, Brady Kachuk is unbelievable hockey player. I love him. He's one of my favorite players in the NHL. I will tell you this. I would try and fight Brady Kachuk every single game because if you can get him off the ice, he is literally their entire team energy. Go out and, and, and have somebody, if you're going to sit there and go and beat the shit out of our best player and Rasmus Dahlin, you're going to have to, you're going to have to step up and he will. Brady Kachuk will, but wouldn't you love to have Brady Kachuk off the ice? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like Kevin Adams coming down and, and screaming and yelling. What's he going to do? Is he going to uh, tell Casey Middlestad and Zach Benson to, to to be grittier? They're not those types of players. They've never been those types of players ever. Okay. Ever. You're not
0: going to like this, but I'm going to go down and I'm going to tell Matias Samuelson that, hey, if you want to create some space for yourself in this room, you need to go grab somebody and fucking throttle them. I'm sorry, enough is enough, Jordan Greenway. Jordan Greenway, you want to get more points? Go pound the shit out of somebody, and you will get so much room.
1: Jordan Greenway. I'm sorry, but he is wants not to a be- point
0: producer, but he wants to be. <laughs> He is not. And a then after racer. that, and then after that, there's nobody else you could ask that of. Yeah. Well, that's. The, I, you know what? I'm sorry. You know, I'm going to say. I'm going to tell Dylan Cousins. I mean, you, this is part of your. This is part of your mo, man. Dylan Cousins, seven million bucks doesn't mean you can take your. Doesn't mean you can take your foot off the gas now. Just because your your nose broken back in October doesn't mean you can take your foot off the gas now. I know guys that fought with a broken nose.
1: Understood. So and, and listen, we're talking about fighting now. PD, I, I, I'm gonna add I'm gonna add something else. Like we're we're talking about. I'm watching other teams play, and what I notice is in. When we're in the defensive zone, they have two forwards, one and two forwards that literally go to the front of our net to screen our goaltenders. It's a game plan. It's a game plan. Those players go to the front of the net because they know it's the safest spot on the entire ice. They're not going to get hit. They're not going to get crash-checked. They're not going to get slashed. They're not going to get moved out of there. They're going to stand there, and they're going to tip pucks and screen goaltenders, which is a problem. On the other side of the ice, when we're in the offensive zone, we have all of our players play the perimeter. We have guys that do not want to go to the front of the net. Casey Middlestad is not a net front guy. Zach Benson, as much as he tries to get there, he's the size of a turd, and he's 18 years old, and they're abusing him. And you don't have J.J. Paterka there, and you don't have Dylan Cousins there, and you don't have um, Jack Quinn there, and Jeff Skinner finds areas on the ice. He's one of the best in the league. At finding areas where he can shoot pucks. Okay. But he's not, he's not, his, he's not a net front presence guy. There are so many guys that are not wanting to go to the front of the net.
0: I'd love to see just any player in his spot. I don't care about the offense. This team is, is so badly put together.
1: They've had two games where they've won back-to-back. They've only had one of those this year. 38 games. I've I've never even heard of that in the NHL. Okay? Um, The good news is this.
0: They are still in it. No, they're not. That's what I was trying to get at 45 minutes ago. Seven points out of a, out of the the games. The other teams have, have the game, have games in hand. Sabres have played the most games in the conference.
1: Let's say they're, they're 10 points out, Petey. Let's say they're 10 points out. They still have 40. What? How many, how many games left? 44 games. They just need to go on a run. I know it's almost damn near impossible to say that because they haven't won two games in a row. They've won two games in a row once this year. But it's like, at what point, let's just say that the playoffs are not part of the plan this year. What is Kevin Adams? What is Kevin Adams thought moving forward? Just to stand pat and let the young guys gain. Well, Levi Levi know. will
0: be one year into the league, and next year he takes that next step. So he's a he's a year takes ahead. the next step. He's he, he's getting shelled, man. Being sarcastic, Craig. Of January, Thursday they play in Montreal. Saturday, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Then they play next Tuesday, the ninth, uh, home to Seattle. 11th, home to Ottawa, 13th, home to Vancouver, 15th, home to San Jose, 17th, home to Chicago, 20th, home to Tampa Bay, and then they go out west for 23, 24, 27 with Anaheim, LA, San Jose. Remember, they're only, and then that must be the all-star break. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, um I was gonna say it's an it's an important uh, I don't know, what'd you name, ten games? Ten games. I don't I, I, I guess right now I'm just really confused mm-hmm. with the thought of of the direction of the team. I would have thought last year when you had such an incredible incredible push to the end where you lose out by one point. Okay. And the team that is ahead of you, the Florida Panthers go to the Stanley cup finals. Okay. The team that was one point ahead of you goes to the Stanley cup finals. All these teams have made moves. All these teams have tried to get better. You would think that Kevin Adams and the staff looking at his team, that Kevin would understand that the team needs to get better. Yes, there's an incredible group of young talent, but we're also seeing that youth is hurting and killing this team with their quest to move forward. I'm not saying that these guys aren't excellent young talented hockey players but we're talking about like we're struggling right now and people are wanting to call up Yari Coolidge because he's doing great at the World Juniors he's not the recipe for success he's not the recipe for success the team is extremely immature they lack areas where it should have been addressed last summer And now you're seeing the cracks in the armor. You're seeing the huge holes that the Sabres were hoping would be going in a different direction than they're not. And, and I, all the, all the things that we spoke about in the summertime, you're now looking at it going now, you know why the team's not having success. They have such an awesome, awesome core group of young hockey players. And if you haven't identified who are your guys, whether it's Savoy, Coolidge, Isaac Rose, Roseanne, or, or, or Zach Benson, or all of these young guys, JJ Paterka, Quinn, if you haven't identified who is going to be your group.
0: Well, here is the latest statement from Kevin Adams. I understand the position we are in. Our record is our record. We haven't performed well enough, so all of us certainly expected us to be playing at a higher level, and I believe we will be. I understand that people are going to be frustrated with me, frustrated with the coaching staff, but that's part of the deal. In terms of my belief in Donnie Granato, I have a lot of faith in him. I have a lot of trust in him. He's one of those type coaches that he looks at every situation to how he can help individual players perform at their best, and then how do we get there collectively as a team? And I think he's done a lot of great things during this time as head coach, and now we're all going to just keep pushing each other to be better. That being said, we're not where we need to be. I understand frustration, but I truly believe in this group. I truly believe in the players, and I also believe that we will come out the other side better for it. It's adversity, it's frustration, and we need to push through. Oh,
1: what do you want me to say?
0: I don't believe in any of that. Have a wonderful day. Happy New Year.